Welcome to the Close the Loop Podcast, your favorite marketing and sales podcast dedicated to helping you prove the value of your campaigns. Leading the conversations is the host, Kevin Dini, a true marketing and data nerd, live and virtual event speaker, and fan of all things Batman. Put on your marketing hat because we have some fantastic guests subject matter experts, and colleagues who are passionate about helping business leaders like you to succeed. No need to take notes. Just visit the show page on callsource.com and read the transcripts, watch the episodes, or get any links mentioned in the show. Hello, welcome to the Close the Loop podcast. I'm Kevin Dini, your host, and today we're going to be talking about how to create a successful franchise. And to help me really dive into this topic, I'm joined by Diane Ployce. Diane is a franchise business consultant. She has been since 2004. Diane has matched hundreds of entrepreneurs with their perfect fit franchise opportunity while successfully guiding them to avoid rookie mistakes at no cost to her clients. So huge benefits going on there. As a result, they are creating wealth, making an impact in their marketplace, and enjoying the systems already in place, which I think is a key thing, to accelerate their path to success. Diane is an avid runner who also enjoys listening to podcasts and taking photographs of flowers in bloom. She's also a diehard Green Bay Packers fan. So welcome, Diane. Thank you, Kevin. Very nice to be here. appreciate it. We talked about this a little bit before we even jumped on here, Diane, but could you just give all our listeners a very good overview of what is a franchise? What does franchising mean? What is it? Well, a franchising is really a system that has been developed and a person purchases that right to be able to replicate that and use that. And sometimes we think of a franchise and it might reference a football team. Well, we're not talking about that. And franchising is also certainly much more than fast food and French fries, but it's someone who has taken a business model and they've been successful with it and they've replicated it so that someone can invest their money and say, if I follow the system, I should have some predictable income and have a certain control that I have. I appreciate that they have developed vendor relationships for buying discounts, that they have developed marketing and advertising strategies, training, and all these things that I'm getting as part of that franchise fee. But the person is still doing it in their own market, and they're contributing time, effort, and resources. That really cements it for me is like what it, what you're talking about. Because like, like I mentioned, lots of things can be considered franchises. But for this, we're we're kind of talking about like a from the brand side, a business that to me wants to expand. Maybe it's locations, maybe it's footprint. It, it wants more stores, locations, its services to reach a greater audience. But building up a store, developing a new location, creating a new office, whatever whatever the service, whatever the business is, there's a lot of cost, a lot of time, maybe a lot to go into running it yourself. Whereas the franchise model offers the brand, right? The franchisor. A, a unique opportunity. So uh, from the franchisor's perspective, uh, Diane, why do you think a business sh- should consider expanding with the franchise model? 
Well, imagine that you started a business and you were very successful and you had a great employee that you had promoted that could manage a business. And you said, boy, I could open up another location in another city next door and they could go there and run it. And you do that. They have the same results and you think this is pretty cool. And then you have someone else that you know that is looking for additional responsibility. And you say, well, let's open up in another state. And you do. And you give them the same training and guidance. You buy from the same vendors. You do some of the same advertising and marketing. And you get some of the same or better results because each time you keep fine-tuning and tweaking a little bit. And then you say, hmm, I wonder if I could franchise this. I wonder if people would want to take their hard work and effort with something that has been tested, not a lot, but but somewhat tested, and we could replicate this and give people this opportunity to use their skills and talent with something that we've developed. So in a nutshell, a person could look at expanding across country, but that would be very expensive. But if they were to use the franchise model, the person is also investing their money Uh, in combination with things that you're doing to expand. So it's really a growth strategy. Yeah, that's how I like to look at it. And the person who's taking on the the franchisee, taking on a new location, a new store, taking on the, the forefront of that growth has some accountability, responsibility, but they also get like a little bit more, the way I understand it, they get a little bit of the cut because they are now managing leading that that location that business that forefront they reaped the rewards of they get some some part of it right that's sort of how it works well i would say it's a lot more it's really their business so they are developing their business they're hiring the employees themselves they're they're, they're running the business and yes they are paying a royalty to the franchisee for the infrastructure and a variety of things, but their hard work and effort is directly coming back to them. So if they are running a stellar business, they should have stellar success. So that's one of the key motivators of people, of why people go into a franchise is they wanna be their own boss. They want to have that control. They're tired of a standard raise they're tired of someone stealing their ideas. They want their hard work and effort to benefit them and their family. Sometimes they get into a franchise because they want to build generational wealth, which is pretty hard to do in a job. There is no equity. So you have an asset that you're building and growing. And at the end, you can either sell it or pass it down. There's a lot of benefits then to using this model, right? You've mentioned things like the supply chain benefits of discounts with vendors. You've mentioned things like the advertising, the branding, a proven system and process that's worked for the main branch, the headquarters or the company that is now going to apply to these other locations. So as an entrepreneur, let's say you're an entrepreneur, you're thinking, do I want to start? I look at it like, do I want to start entirely from scratch? 
uh, and forge all my own processes, all my own vendor relations, all my own <laughs> advertising, I get my brand out there? Or do I want to kind of skip some of those steps or skip those things because they're done for me? I'm using someone else's system, but it's a system that's proven to work. So I see a, l a little bit of like that being part of the decision as well. Like what do, should I, or do I want to have more ownership, more equity? And here's some of the pros, right? The, some of the benefits of it. Yes. Sometimes I've worked with existing business owners and really two things can happen. I've worked with people who've had a successful independent business that they started, that they grew, they were very proud of. And then they've come to me for a franchise this next time around. And I ask them why. And they say, well, I, I did it, but man, it was a lot of work. I had to create everything. I had to do everything. It was exhausting. And, and I, I did it, but now I would like it to be a little more streamlined. And I would like to use my talents more and not have to research who can do my website and who can do my social media and who can come up with contracts for employees, all of those things. I would greatly appreciate and I see the benefit of having that all laid out for me. Now, I should mention that franchising isn't right for everyone. So it's not right for the person who is very entrepreneurial and very good at many things. They probably want to do everything themselves and they have the skills to do it. And they might feel confined in a franchise. Likewise, on that other end of the spectrum, there is some risk. And the person that needs that paycheck every two weeks guaranteed, they would be up at night. It would not be a good match for them. So if we look at the person who needs that paycheck as a as a one and the person maybe like that Lady Gaga type as the 10, the people that would be from that three to seven range would probably be very good from a risk assessment. And also when, when I work with business owners, they might be existing business owners and want to keep that business, but they want to diversify. They want to layer on another business and it could be a complementary business and maybe it's something that could be manager run. So they might keep their existing business, but diversify and add on a franchise. Wow. So, so there's really a lot there. I just had to look this up because I was pretty sure that the stats on it were pretty bad. If you start your own business, what's the rate of failure, right? And it, it, I got something about like, you know, 20% of businesses fail in the first year. It approaches half of them fail in the, in the next five years. So a lot of businesses are failing and and that's that's because running businesses managing successful businesses it's hard and there's competition and until you've done it you're going to make a lot of mistakes and so there's a lot to learn and so i think it is something really important to consider in this decision as the franchisee is like okay do i is can i make those mistakes and then from the franchisor perspective it's like is my business set up in a good is the process and stuff from my business something that can be duplicated so in that vein like is there anything a business owner should be thinking what are some of the necessary steps that would take for my business to be able to become a business that can franchise itself are there some 
wisdom or or things, tips you'd have for, for someone who's considering it and maybe things they should look out for? Well, we're somewhat switching the conversation here to taking how do you take an independent business or a good idea and turn it into a franchise. And first of all, you want to make sure that everything is working well and that there are good margins and you've got all your operations and everything fine-tuned because before someone is going to invest money, they want to make sure that everything is there. Also, there are legal requirements. So it would mean chatting with a franchise attorney and understanding the costs and things that are involved. People look at at successful franchises and they say, man, I wish I was that franchisor. And yet from the franchisor side, it's a little different perspective. Sometimes it's like having kids and you like having kids, but other times they can drive, drive you nuts too. So we need to keep both sides in, in mind. Yeah. So a business that may not be, may, may have done really well in their area, may have done really well with their, you know, over an extended period of time with the way that they've grown. Some of those things may have to change a little bit, right? When you switch over to the different model and, and I know you've mentioned like your business is set up a little differently. You want to make sure your business is, <laughs> it is like has got its things in order, right? It's got its operations, its costs, its financials, like what it's doing, how it's doing them in order. And so if a business is thinking, okay, maybe I will go that route. Is that a long process for an independent business to you know, make the switch over? Is that something that takes businesses a while or is that done fairly quickly? There certainly is time, effort, and dollars that are involved. There is a book that I recommend. It's written by an attorney. I believe his name is Howard Kostenbaum. And I would certainly recommend that if anyone is looking at franchising their business, that they pick up a copy of that. It was written a while ago, but I think it's still relevant. We've covered, here's what they are. Here's the benefits of it. It offers the ability for a business to scale, to grow. So what should the brand or the franchisor be thinking? What kind of training, what kind of benefits should it try to offer the new locations, the franchisees who are expanding it? Are there things that they should be like, yeah, it would be helpful. You know, Maybe we give them advertising. Maybe we give them discounts. Maybe we give them training. What kind of resources should it be considering it should set up for that? franchise company will probably offer a whole range of services. Again, they have developed and fine-tuned this. So many franchise companies will have an advertising program and marketing strategy, including digital. It used to be that they would say, okay, franchisees, you should do this and you should do this. And most of the time now, franchise companies do it on their behalf because they have people at home office that can do it more efficiently. And they're just in tune with things more. When we look at digital advertising, that changes so quickly. So you might be a new franchisee, go to training, come back, want to get things started, and things got already changed because we're in a very fast-moving world. So that's one area that a franchise company uh, certainly has taken over more. And, and franchisees usually say, oh, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. You're doing it much better than I could. And keep doing it because I'm, you're generating business and increase for me. So that's what I want. The franchise company is also going to vet vendors. And usually they're going to work with their vendors from getting the, the best vendors at the best pricing. 
So you've got group buying power there, which can be a huge advantage. If we look at the past pandemic and if we take certain industries, there were franchisors that just said, we're going to figure these things out for you. You keep running your business and take care of your employees and your your customers, your clients. So if we look at senior care, for example, many of the franchise companies said, we can see that you're going to need masks and gloves, and you probably don't know how to source them. You probably don't know what's a good price and not a good price. So we will figure that out at home office. We will aggregate, we'll buy a bunch, and we'll send them out to you. So for the first months, that's what they did so that the franchisees could focus on their customers and their employees and their families. So that's that's another example of streamlining and adding those efficiencies. It's also not only the franchisor that provides info and insight you have this whole network of other franchisees that are wonderful resources as well. And many times we hear about a idea that started at the franchisee level. For example, with McDonald's, the granddaddy of them all, the person who started the filet fish sandwich was a franchisee because he was in a heavy, heavily Catholic area and his sales were not very good on Fridays. So he came up with that product to boost sales. So likewise, in a franchise organization, you've got the franchisor that is developing things, but you also have franchisees that you can bounce ideas off of. And it's a a wonderful network as well. It seems like the structure organizationally that you should that you could consider a franchise that is successful to have will be one where it gets feedback, where feedback moves up and down and sideways, meaning from the franchisor, the brand down to the locations, the franchisees, between franchisees to other franchisees. And that way, information, ideas, concepts are more open to helping each other, right? And struggles can be be handled. And there's lots of things a business may face in one area that a business in another area may not even have to face. So it seems like you want to create a network of good feedback. And it also seems like that's hard to do. Well, when it's your business and you're involved and you want it to succeed, you want it to be as successful as possible, And if you see little things that can be fine-tuned and you're running a good business, you want to share it with home office. And sometimes they will test market things. But again, everyone wants to fine-tune, grow, improve. It's, It's not a static organization. It's very dynamic. Another question I have to go along with this is, How are franchise success measured? How do you measure its opportunity, its success? Are you looking at it like, wow, there's thousands of major cities around, like that just represents opportunity? Or are you looking at it like the margins? I I think that there's a lot of ways to measure success, but I'm, I'm just curious for in the franchise world, how do they look at success? If we're talking from that franchisee, the person that has invested their hard-earned money into the franchise, they could look at success in a couple of different ways. They could look at it financially, and certainly we're used to that, and they want to certainly get a certain return on their investment. 
But most of the time, they also are looking at success as far as control and lifestyle. Are they able to go golfing on Tuesday mornings? Are they able to coach their little league soccer? Or are they able to go to concerts at school or be that parent that goes on field trips? Or are they able to care for an elderly parent while having a business as well? So success can be measured a variety of different ways. I've worked with people and success meant being involved in the community. For some, it meant working with a spouse or partner. For some, success meant leaving a legacy for their kids. So it's not one-dimensional. Yeah, so is this, as the franchisee side, is that where you mentioned before is maybe not for everyone? It's suitable for some types and very suitable for other types, but maybe not for everyone kind of thing. Not that everything is for everyone, right? So, Right. Well, I think if someone is going to become a business owner, they need to have a certain attitude and, and aptitude. They have to be willing to learn. They have to be coachable. They have to have that fire in the belly that says, I can do this. And I can be successful. I was successful in the corporate world. I can be successful in my own business. When I first got into franchising on the franchisor side, I had this perception that anyone who was a franchisee, they're like Superman or Superwoman. And then I got to know the franchisees and I realized they're no different than you or me. They just had the confidence in themselves and said, we want to do this, but we want to have the control and we want to build it for ourselves. So if a person has that desire and willingness, they should be able to do well. I might mention too, when a person goes through a franchise investigation, they will be talking with the franchise company and they'll be learning all aspects of that franchise. And once they have the basics, then they will get the green light to talk to franchisees. And that's enormously helpful because you're talking to the people who were in your shoes and they did it. They invested their money. They went through training. They got started. So you can ask them the hard questions. You can ask them, you know, where were you in six months and where were you in a year and how are you doing now? And all of those types of things. How is the training? How is the support? Give us the real skinny. So with the franchise, it's pretty transparent, if you will, but take the time and ask the questions to go through it. As the franchisor on the other side, what type of franchisees, what type of owners or you know managers should you gravitate toward or look for? What traits, maybe what things should you look for to find for those type of people who are going to find success? at every location. It's many of the things that we've talked about, having an open mind, a willingness to learn, a willingness to represent the brand well, give good customer service, develop a culture. When you're hiring employees, you're training them, you're launching them. And some people, that's very fulfilling and rewarding. Uh, someone to give back uh, to the community, so that involvement is, I think, a combination of, of attitude and a little bit of, of grit. One of the franchise companies we work with said that you have to have some, some grit or gritology, I think they term it. <laughs> oh, that's great. 
Yeah. And when it comes to, it sounds like not every franchise is the same either. Like there's, there might be some dynamics to them that are very different than, than you mentioned restaurants being very different than let's say a different kind of business franchise. So there's some dynamics there at play that make some services, some business, some industries that do franchise that make them stand out and that they are different. There's there's a whole wonderful world of franchising, and we tend to limit ourselves when we only think of businesses that have a drive-through. So there could be something related to automotive. It could be automotive aftermarket, uh, tires, transmissions, whatever. It could be tutoring. It could be education, staffing. It, it could be hair care, nail care, massage studios, fitness studios. Uh, mail and parcel centers are some that come to mind that are physical locations, which again, we tend to think of, but there's another whole side that are service-based businesses. And you might sometimes see logoed cars driving around and they can be providing residential cleaning. They could be providing lawn care, pool care, pet care. There are franchises for roofing, for insulation, irrigation, gutters, painting, um, window coverings, flooring, just a whole range of businesses. And some of those service-based businesses, you can start out of a home office or an office suite. You don't have to have that major expense or that bright flashing sign. Uh, sometimes the hours are much more reasonable, Monday through Friday, nice margins. So a, a whole another realm of opportunity exists. Yeah. Wow. It, it might be surprising to be like, wow, there are. When you start thinking about it, you might be starting to notice, oh, wow, look at all these franchises all around me. <laughs> There's a ton of them. Something that you said a while ago, I did want to go back on. Uh, and it was a little while ago, you mentioned royalties. So could you explain what that is and how that applies to franchising? Sure. A franchise is a for-profit company and they will charge a royalty. It's usually a percentage. Occasionally it will be a flat fee and a few times uh, a company will have the royalty as far as product that you have to buy product from them and that becomes a royalty. The royalty can vary from, let's say, 5% to not quite 20%, depending upon the industry. Again, a, a good franchise company should take that royalty and invest it back in the company so that they are refreshing the website. They're doing more SEO. They are doing things to develop and further the franchise that the individual franchisee doesn't have to worry about. And maybe that's things with licensing or requirements there. And it allows the franchisee to focus on what they're doing. There has to be value for what they are paying for. Sometimes it includes a call center, for example. Sometimes a call center is additional. Um, so it varies by franchise, but when you're doing the investigation, you're going to be looking at that and saying, you know what, if I had to do all of this myself, it would cost me so much more. Nobody likes paying fees, but when the fee is modest and you're getting a lot for it, then it becomes a good value. Yeah. You know, our company 
works with quite a few franchises. And one of the benefits we've seen is they'll say, look, we want to be able to offer our locations, our business owners, franchisees, your services, but we'd like to offer them in a way that they can still choose whether they want it or not. We're not necessarily forcing it on them, (laughs) but we want to give them a choice. You may say, okay, you have the choice of these vendors. Um, to choose from. And some, one of them may suit you better and another one may suit, you know, another person, another business better. You know, like there's, they think about that. We still want to have them do well and give them a choice. And so sometimes our, one of our services will be available for a very good price that, you know, if they were just a loan business, they probably wouldn't get. And because it's like a bulk rate, right? And because it's like a through the franchise rate. So sometimes the benefit or you're sort of like being in a members club. It's like, yeah, you're paying, you know, for this. You may not need, you may not need all the services that we have relations with, but if you do, some of them are going to be fairly lucrative. Right. And it's not only price, but it's also time. How much time would that business owner have to invest to vet companies and find the best price? Again, the example that I gave with the PPE equipment, if I independent were to source gloves and and open up a box and find that, oh, they're children's gloves, they're not the extra large gloves. Well, what what do we do? And or what happens if it's a box of rocks? They got taken. So again, we we laugh about some of those things, but when you're a business owner, you can probably share, oh yeah, that happened to me. I learned a lesson there. I, I see value. I understand. <laughs> So you, the other cool thing that you mentioned, which again, is still stuck with me was you talked about the exit strategies. So business owners, when they get to that point where they're like, okay, I've made my business, I'm ready to retire. It can be very difficult to sell a business. How does it work with franchises is like an extra, and you mentioned like maybe wanting to leave a legacy for their kids, but sometimes they just want to sell what their equity is, sell stuff, get, you know, get what they can out of it and leave. So what are some of the different exit strategies and how do they work with franchising? Sure. Well, one of the benefits with a franchise is that when you look at the revenue of what the business owner generated, usually it's pretty accurate because they're paying royalty on that revenue. So it's not overstated. And I have worked with people that have told me that they've searched and looked at businesses to buy And sometimes they found two sets of books and one time even three sets of books. So certainly one advantage there. You can also talk with the franchise company and learn what businesses have sold for. You can look at that potential if you're buying a business and saying, well, they were an autopilot and I'm young and aggressive. I should really be able to take this business and really grow it. So yes, I would like to buy it. And I see a, a lot of potential here, but it's an, it's an asset. Usually people like me, when I work with someone, I will do a territory check. So I'll, I'll look at, at zip codes where that person is. And we'll talk about territory they, they would like. And then I'll ask the franchise company or several that I think would be a good fit. I'll ask them if they have new territory available or if there are any resales. So I can present both options. And when you have a business, you should really have that exit strategy in mind and say, 
well, I'm buying this business now and I'd like it to take me to retirement or whatever time it is. And so you kind of think and you plan according to that. And let's say that you're planning on having the business for 10 years. Well, the year before, then you probably want to contact the people at Franchise Development and say, within this next year, I would like to sell my business. So if you get any inquiries from Diane, and please say, yes, my business will be for sale. So that's certainly one option. Wow. Okay. That's really cool. And you mentioned about locations and territory. So, and that was, that was going to be a question. I just wasn't sure exactly, you know, where it fit in, but not since you've mentioned it. So how important is location, territory, region, area? I, I know it's so different for different industries and different franchises, I'm sure, but it seems like it's a big part of it. But if I pose that to you, how big of a deal is location, Diane? <laughs> Certainly in fast food and restaurants, location is critical. And, and that's been drilled into our heads, right? And, and yet, if we look at some of the other industries, it isn't nearly as critical. So most franchise companies will award an exclusive territory. And it could be based on raw population. It could be based on the number of cars, the number of pets, the number of swimming pools, the number of seniors. So it can vary from franchise to franchise, but usually you'll have a protected territory that you will market within, and that is your territory. So sometimes people are the empire builders and they want to buy two or three territories. And other times people say one territory will just serve me fine, will, will be perfect. So um, again, the difference between a location-based franchise and one that does not require brick and mortar. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I'm also guessing that every franchise may have, let's say, different rates of return, different mar different profit margins, may take... Uh, how do I say this right? The parts of the business may take more of their efforts. Some of the processes may be built there, but in this industry, we're going to have to hire like 10 people. And this one only have to hire two people. And this one, I have to hire like some specialist aspects of it that may require more or less either of their time, of their expertise, more some, something. And so should the franchisers want to make it so that everyone who considers, hmm, should I run this location? Well, again, if we look at it from the candidate's viewpoint, the person looking at a franchise, usually that's the reason that I have a business is because what you described is pretty overwhelming. You know, do I want a business with a few employees or a lot of employees? Do I want a business with white collar employees or, or blue collar employees or doesn't it make a difference? Do I want a single territory? Or do I want multiple territories? What's the investment level? There are many things to consider. So that's where I come into play with the matching that I do. And normally with the franchise company, they have developed their product or their service, and it could have multiple streams of income and play some of those streams of income some could have different margins, and, and that's, again, going to all vary by the franchise that the person goes with. So, again, another point of discussion, does a person want a business with 
high traffic and maybe low margins or not a lot of traffic and higher margins. It's all part of the discussion. So not every franchise is going to be high margin. Not every business, not every franchise is going to be low margin. Not all the models are the same. So, right. So when you look, when considering it or looking at this, uh, a business, a franchisor might decide that if they want their business to be a certain way, and that may not look like any others. So there's a lot of variability there. There, there is. Yes. Uh, again, there's a myriad of businesses and they all have their own little secret sauce to them. <laughs> so before we close out, is there anything else that I haven't mentioned that we haven't asked anything else that stands out to you that you think, uh, let's say a business owner who's listening to this episode may, may get value from or anything like that, that we haven't covered yet. Well, many times existing business owners want to diversify. They want to make another sound investment and they look at a franchise as a way to do that. And they might look at what we call a manager run business where they can keep their existing business or if they're an employee, keep their job, but hire a manager to run the, the business. And many times with a manager run business, they'll open up one location or unit the first year, a second, the second year, a third, the third year. And then that's a nice transition strategy. They may say this business has better margins, better revenue, is easier to run, whatever. They may want to sell their other business. They may want to leave the job. They may want to continue to grow, but it's another strategy for them. And right now, I think people are are looking at that and saying, I, I would like to diversify and I'd like to have more control. So if someone, if a business wants to, let's say, get started, learn more, get things rolling, what would be one of the first steps that they would take? They're certainly welcome to give me a call. It's easiest if they just go to quickchatwithdiane.com and they can schedule a call with me. I try to be a resource. I can certainly recommend books or articles. If someone is interested in franchising, we have a process we take them through and works very well because franchising is process oriented. My services are free. We are paid by the franchise companies for the pre-screening, the matching and the education that we provide. So it's usually a, a uh, no brainer. So if someone wants to reach out to you, you mentioned your, the website, how else could someone connect with you or find out more about anything that you do? Sure. Thank you for asking. I post regularly on LinkedIn. They can go to Diane Ployce, the franchise fitter. My last name, Ployce, is a little challenging. It's P as in Peter, L-E-U-S-S as in Sam, Sam. That's why I added the franchise fitter. So if you can't get the first or last name right, you can put in the franchise fitter and you should be able to find me or go to quickchatwithdiane.com. Thank you so much, Diane. I think this has been incredibly valuable, especially for me. I mean, I'm not so exposed to how franchises work, how all this whole industry is. It's been eye-opening for me to get a glimpse into, wow, there's a lot going on here and there's a lot of benefits. There's a lot to consider. There's a lot of opportunities for this specific model that I hadn't considered before. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all this with our listeners. Thank you very much for having me. And I'm always available uh, to continue the conversation. 